الحمد لله نحمده ونشكره ونستعينه ونستغفره ونتوب إليه نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما We praise Allah, our sustainer, for all that he has given us, for the sustenance and for the tests that have made us stronger. We thank him. We ask for his guidance. We ask for his forgiveness. And we ask that when we make a mistake, when we err, when we stumble, that we go back on his path. We bear witness that there is no God but the one God, and that Muhammad is his servant and his messenger. Or you who believe, God and his angels, pray for peace and blessings on the Prophet, pray for peace and blessings on the Prophet Muhammad. I have been taught by my mentors that the purpose of the gathering today is twofold. One, that this life is not the permanent life, a temporary one, and that we are here to remind each other that this is the temporary life. But what we do will have an impact on our permanent life in the hereafter. And number two, that we are here as a gathering. Jum'ah means the gathering. We could be praying alone, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mandated that every Friday the Dhuhr prayer becomes the Jum'ah prayer and we cut the rak'ahs in short by half and we deliver a message that deals with the affairs of the people. Islam is a communal faith. We are always concerned with the Ummah of Islam, with our community. And as the Quran says, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانُ الرَّجِيمِ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَالْتَنْظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ O you who believe, be conscious of God, be aware of God's presence, and always look for what is going to be planned for tomorrow. Be conscious of God because He knows what we do. And this verse has been interpreted as meaning that we should always be thinking about the hereafter, about the day of judgment. But it also has been stated that it means that we should be looking for the future of our community. And the future right now is the young people of the Muslim community. So we should always be thinking in the future in terms of planning for what is in the best interest of our youth. Even if most of them are not here today, we should be thinking collectively about the issues that are challenging and facing young Muslims in our community. And this Islamic Center, for over 30 years, has made the youth a priority. And I happen to benefit from being part of the youth group and being involved in Islam 
and personally strengthening my Islam as a result of the youth group. And there are so many other Muslims who came through this Islamic Center's youth group and did exactly the same thing, and they are now active in the Muslim community. What the center also provides is the free thinking and the critical thinking in terms of analyzing our challenges and looking for opportunities in terms of dealing with those challenges. And it gives people the empowerment and the entrustment to be involved with a cause. If you want to attract young people, you have to pass the baton of leadership to them. And they must feel that they are involved in a cause Otherwise, they will disconnect from you and only connect to their iPhone. If they want to be involved in justice, they will go outside the mosque to be involved in justice. And they will become, once in a while, they'll come and visit us here in the center. So, we must make our Islamic centers, like they say, kids space, youth space, a space where young people feel comfortable to come to and talk about their issues. And right now, alhamdulillah, I would say that this center is doing very well, but my colleagues and I travel throughout the country and most of the Islamic institutions, unfortunately, are not youth-friendly. And as a result, we have a situation of losing young people or, at the very least, having an identity crisis of young Muslims in America. So let us look at this crisis and let us look at three parameters in terms of the crisis facing young Muslims in America. Number one, there is a cultural gap between young Muslims and the leaders of the institutions as well as their families. In other words, they are American they are American Muslims. Whether the mosque is a place for the American Muslim identity or not is another matter. And when the mosque is not oriented to being part of the American scene, which doesn't mean compromising our values, it means that we enjoin right and forbid what is wrong, but within the society, within our society, we are working towards the, those Islamic goals. But most mosques, unfortunately, are even out of that equation. They're out of the playing field in terms of dealing with that issues because the mosques have become cultural clubs or a foreign space, not a space that is comfortable for young Muslims. And so because of this ethnic proliferation of these institutions, the kids feel that they don't belong that there is a cultural gap between them and their institutions. And what we need, therefore, is consistency to allow for kids to be in this mosque and live a certain way and think a certain way that is consistent with the way they are outside the mosque. In other words, not developing a schizophrenic mentality and psychology. And that is the challenge that is facing us today the schizophrenia within our community of living one way in the mosque, very rigid, very absolute, very um, not open, but yet when outside the mosque, 
very loose and very deviating and reckless and out of control. We need consistency in order to connect with the youth so that we can teach Islam. We can talk about Islam. And we can talk about what Islam mandates us to do in this life, in our community. So there is a cultural gap as number one. Number two is the problem in terms of gender relations. The relations between young Muslim men and young Muslim women. From the days of preschool that impacts them in high school, that impacts them in college, and then later on. Brothers and sisters, there's a crisis because our young Muslim men and young Muslim women are not getting married to each other. There is a surplus of Muslim women in their 30s and 40s now that are not getting married because the men don't know how to relate to them and decide to marry others. And it's because we have taken the term modesty to an extreme. The term modesty as we are taught in the Quran is so that we can have a healthy interaction between men and women in the mosque. Our, our prayers is one thing, but in terms of the affairs, in terms of the meetings, in terms of the gatherings, we need to have healthy Islamic interaction between men and women to be an example for our young people and to allow them to relate to one another in a healthy way. I walked into a school one time, and I tell you, a young Muslim man was talking to a non-Muslim woman in the lobby, chuckling. But as we walk into the meeting for the Muslim Students Association, he went into one corner that was the furthest away from all the women and didn't say a word. So it is an awkward situation that is engendered among our young people because they are not having a healthy, normal relationship with one another, and as a result, we are not having them get married to one another, and as a result, it is an awkward situation in general. We have to change that so that we instill modesty for the sake of interaction, not use the excuse of modesty to prevent interaction. That's the issue in terms of the psychology of healthy, gender relations within the mosque, within the Muslim community. The third challenge for us is, to is the problem of alienation of young Muslims. In other words, a lack of belongingness to a community or a society. They feel repulsed or repelled from our communities. They hear about radicalization rhetoric in the news. They, they are talked about, not talked to. They hear about a lashing of a woman in a Muslim country because she was driving and they have to explain that to their friends. They can't explain it. They have to deal with all the baggage of the negative news that is bombarding them on a regular basis and therefore they feel alienated from society. So these three challenges, the cultural gap, the gender relations, and alienation, what are we doing about it? Well, as I said before, the Islamic Center of Southern California has been working on these issues 
for over 30 years, since its inception. That's why we had a youth group. And that's why, alhamdulillah, one of the benefits for being part of the youth group is, this is where I found my wife. How lucky she is. <laughs> and we have a healthy community of Muslims in this area. So what are we doing as an institution? Number one, it is an attitudinal issue. An attitude that we have to understand. We need to shed ourselves from blind following. Because if kids feel like they have to follow a sheikh or an imam blindly to be a, a good Muslim, then that is not the answer. Then whatever that sheikh or that mullah or whatever that is that they're following, they, want, they will never be who they really are. They will never achieve their potential. And sometimes the sheikh or that leader, whoever they consider their leader, leads them into this destructive behavior. Or very angry protesting as their method of being involved as a Muslim, as Islamic activism. So we need to do away with that and instill free thinking. If they walk in that door and we don't like the way they look, rather than repel them and, sh and shove them out the door, we embrace them and talk to them and work with them or we don't like the way they talk, or they, we don't like the way they think. We are not thought police. It's critical thinking. That Islam mandates because ultimately we are all accountable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Yom Al-Qiyamah. So be responsible for yourself and be grounded in Islamic principles while engaging in free thinking. Number two is the institutional building the center has developed. Alhamdulillah, I hear that this November, I think we're going to have either the 20th or the 25th youth retreat. And if you know of a young person, or you have somebody in your family who's, who can't be in the youth group, I implore you to have them register in this youth retreat, because this is when they can explore their identity with other Muslims. And this is when they can feel that they are part of a larger cause. That's what got me excited with this Islamic center. I became part of a cause. And that's what the Prophet ﷺ did in empowering and entrusting young people at his time. Who is Mus'ab ibn Umayyah? The man who was not, probably many historians consider he was not even in his 20s. Yet he was leading the mission in Medina for the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. Who was Ali ibn Abi Talib, who was in, in charge of possessions of the Muslims while they were involved in the Hijrah. And for the non-Muslims also. The Prophet always empowered young people. And this is the lesson for us. Empower them. Entrust them. Even if they make mistakes. Because that's the only way to learn. So, through these institutions, this center and its daughter organizations, are empowering the Muslims. And I will give you an example. We had a summit in Washington, D.C. And we took 30 young Muslims who are in their college years and we took them to the White House. But instead of looking at that trip to the White House as a tour, they looked at it as a responsibility and they drafted and they read a declaration to the White House. And let me just quote 
from part of it. It says, for too long, the Muslim American experience has been dictated by those voices, both foreign and domestic, who claim to represent us and those who seek to marginalize us out of the American mosaic. As we stand here in the White House, we find it necessary to define our own narrative. And that last line to me is the clincher that Muslims, young Muslims, want to define themselves. They don't want anybody to define them. And indeed, Islam is a liberating experience where you can define yourself as the person who was created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as Allah breathed His Spirit into each and every one of you when you were created, and you have that free spirit. And we should be paving the path to open that spirit to, to move freely instead of allowing others to squelch it or to suppress it. So we have the Young Leaders Summit. And inshallah, we will develop a Young Leaders Institute that looks at all these issues. And not only helps develop programs for young people, but to create and produce leaders within the young Muslim community. And all of us can support it, can pray for its success and definitely can be involved and I understand that there will be a representative of the Islamic Center in the back that can take your names if you want to be involved in those projects. But at the very least, let us pray for its success and let us pray for the opening for young Muslims to seek their identity in their own way, in their own narrative and serve the cause of Islam in America for the, for the future. Alhamdulillah wa la ilaha illallah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah We praise Allah for everything that He has given us that which sustain us, sustains us and that which tests us to become stronger Muslims inshallah and there is no God but the one God. And, that, and we bear witness that Prophet Muhammad is the servant and messenger of God. Brothers and sisters, we're talking about a struggle. We cannot have a faith that is strengthened without a struggle. And some of us can say, look at the news, it's negative. Look at what they're saying about us, look at what they're doing to our children. But Islam says, no, you have to be responsible in whatever situation you are in and do something about it. If Mary, the mother of Jesus, is going through birth pains and the angels tell Mary, shake the tree so you can have some dates fall so that you can sustain yourself. If, and I don't think us men don't understand the pain of giving birth to anything. If she is told to do that while in labor pain, we can sustain our work no matter what pain we are enduring right now. When we are giving birth to a new understanding of Islam in America, when we are giving birth to young Muslims who shall take the baton of leadership and serve Islam, and serve our community, and serve the cause of justice, 
that will go through some birth pains. But at the end, we will sustain with what God has promised us, inshallah. So, in dealing with the challenges of the culture gap, the gender gap, and youth alienation, we are working to develop a better environment for us. And the environment changes when we build institutions. The Quran talks about this rock that has very little soil and when water comes and uh, when the rain comes down, it washes the soil out. But if there is soil that is embedded on the rock, then the water helps the soil bear fruit and vegetables that sustain us. And even if there is a little mist, it is able to sustain itself. That soil is us. We are part of the soil that is on the bedrock of Islam in America. And whether we work together collectively to help in producing these young leaders, that is the metaphor that we have to think of in terms of working for our future. But if we have very few people or very little in terms of working, then all that soil basically is going to wash away. So it does take all of us to work together to produce the results and to help in terms of helping our young people serving the cause of Islam. As we said earlier, we simply need to offer them the opportunity to serve justice and to connect with them to Islam. So with that, let us pray. O oh Allah, shower us with wisdom to deal with the current challenges. Strengthen us with faith to work in your cause. Help us in preparing our own leaders for tomorrow. Instill strength and devotion in young Muslims here and everywhere, inshallah. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أقيم الصلاة <تصفيق>